Hey there. Welcome back to Be With The Word. I'm Dr. Jerry Crete, and in this podcast, I explore the Sunday readings from a psychological perspective, and this week it's the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Happy to be back with you. I uh, got away for a bit on vacation, so uh, I've been away for the last few weeks, uh, but I'm feeling rather rested and a little energized, so Oh, if anyone out there has not had a vacation in a long time, even if it's a staycation, I, I think it's a maybe a good idea <laughs> as I'm learning. All right. Well, I'm really excited um, this week. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this idea of the self. And in particular today, the idea of the self as mediator. Um, if you've been uh, with Souls and Hearts at all, if you've listened to any of Dr. Peter's podcasts and a lot of mine, you can tell we're really influenced by this idea of parts work and understanding our different parts. I'm going to focus a little bit on the self and what does it mean that we have the self? And I know that um, some people get a little nervous about the idea of the self. Um, maybe um, you hear a lot of talk of the self, maybe in new age um, philosophies or um, just sort of sounds a little maybe self-centered or selfish. Um, and so maybe we're, some of us are a little uncomfortable with the idea of the self. It's interesting. I've been fascinating with, fascinated about the distinction between um, the self as understood even in parts work, especially like internal family systems or ego state therapy. Um, and a Catholic understanding of the self. And I've been really interested in trying to understand, like, you know, are they the same? Are there differences? What are the differences? Is there anything maybe the Catholic view uh, can enrich our understanding of the self, which, of course, is where I land. <laughs> and so this is a really complex topic, and I'm going to look at one item here for today, and that is the role of mediator. Okay, so let's look at the readings just real quickly. The first reading comes from um, Jeremiah. And uh, so the Old Testament reading is really about the idea of, again, God taking the disenfranchised, taking people who were weeping, taking people who were lost back home, right? Back to Israel, restoring them. And in particular, he says... I will gather them from the ends of the world with the blind and the lame in their midst, the mothers and those with child. So people who are vulnerable, right? People who have been hurt. He talks about consoling them. And so we really have the sense of the father who takes care of all. We really get that strong message in Jeremiah. And then we go into the readings, uh, sorry, the Psalms, the responsorial Psalms, and it's the Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. All right, again, and we're filled with joy because he brings us back. We were captives and he has redeemed us. So that message of restoration, restore our fortunes, Lord. I mean, that is such a strong message here. So we have this idea of the weep, people who are weeping are going to be brought to joy. Okay, so important. Uh, again, that journey from one state to another state, over and over again, we see in the, in the Bible, uh, and no exception here. Okay, 
Then I want to take us just to get into the meat here, because um, I think that Jeremiah provides a context so to the Psalms, but then the meat of the message is going to be here in Hebrews. Okay, Hebrews is such an interesting um, letter, uh, book of the Bible in the New Testament, and where we really get an understanding of priesthood as a theme, right? And here he says, every high priest is taken from among men and made the representative before God. All right. And then it says, he is able to deal patiently with the ignorant and erring, for he himself is beset with weakness. He really is talking about the role of the priest. And he says, no one takes this honor upon himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So again, it's a calling that God calls you to that role, and even though you are weak. And then he makes the connection with Christ. This is so important. Christ didn't glorify himself by becoming a high priest. But he was, it was said to him, this powerful passage about our identity, you are my son, this day I have begotten you. So again, we're recalling the words that were given to Christ at his baptism, and that he hears again on the trans, at the transfiguration. Such powerful words. This is an establishment of identity. So we're talking about the self. We know that our identity, Christ's identity, and therefore as a result ours, is linked to us being a child of God. Right? Christ in a very unique particular way, of course. Um, but by extension, we are too. We are sons and daughters of the Father. All right. He also, in Hebrews, it's also mentioned here, just as he says in another place, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek, interestingly enough, is the order of priesthood that predates Aaron's priesthood. It predates um, even Sinai. It predates the Jewish establishment of the Jewish priesthood. So it's a universal priesthood. So it's so interesting here, I think, because one of the things that we know we receive in our baptism, and we're anointed as priests, prophets, and kings, each one of us. So although we're not, you know, if I'm a lay person, you're a lay person, we're not priests, as in we're not ordained by the church to consecrate the Eucharist or, you know, you know, do marriages and baptisms and things like that. So that is a very specific calling, of course, a very specific ordained priesthood. Cap let's say capital P, P, priest. But there is a truth to the fact that by virtue of our ordination, we are all priests. Maybe it's, you know, small p, priest. But we are, just as we're prophet and king. And in a way, we tend to emphasize king, interestingly enough, I think, in the idea that we have a royal dignity, we have a high esteemed call. And I think I've emphasized that, um, that, you know, in many of the Be With The Word talks and so on that we've done. But I don't know that, you know, we often think of ourselves as small p priests. And what does that actually mean? Well, um, I am going to posit here that it means we are a mediator, that Christ himself was the ultimate mediator between God and man, right? But we are called to also be mediators of um, God's will, of God's work through 
whatever it is we're doing. Now, I want to jump here to the Gospel of Mark to link it because the, the reading here in this week's reading in Mark gets at the idea of how that actually plays out. So how does Christ actually become a mediator in a very specific way we see in the Gospel of Mark? We have a blind fellow named Timaeus, and he calls out, you know, uh, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Right? People were telling him to be quiet and so on, but Jesus said, Call, have him come. Um, and so then they go, okay, fine, and they bring him over. And Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? And the man says, I want to see. And Jesus says, go your way, your faith has saved you. And this man gets his sight back. All right, this is so fascinating. All these readings are so beautifully tied together. I love our lectionary. <laughs> and so we have... In the first reading in Jeremiah, we see that the role of the Father is to restore, is to restore weeping, is to restore the vulnerable, is to restore the captives, and bring them to a state of joy, to bring them to restoration, right? And we see that Christ literally does that by healing the blind man. He himself becomes the mediator and helps this person go from a state of brokenness, right? He would have been very vulnerable in that time, and, you know, obviously, as a blind man in the ancient world. And he gives him sight. So that is so fascinating to me. And so I want to then tie that to us and to our understanding of the self. Because I don't think there's another creature on earth that acts as mediator. We are able to take actions that literally make a difference in other people's lives, that help them go from brokenness to some form of restoration. That could be a physical help, like we can physically help people, whether we're physically feeding them or physically helping them, we're doing something in the world that changes their life, right? Um, in my case as a therapist, it might be that I'm doing something in the world that helps people heal or treat some mental illness or helps people restore marriage or helps people restore um, their lives or find greater happiness or fulfillment. So there are so many ways that we can actually help people go from one state of maybe being lost, hurt, broken, vulnerable, to another state of being healed, of being alive, of being um, fulfilled, of being active in some positive way. All right, so we, so my main point here is that we need to start seeing ourselves as true mediators of God's grace, of God's work in the world. And when we see ourselves that way, we will take action. And that action will participate in the transformation of our world. And I do think as we do that, we discover our gifts. We discover the unique ways in which we can um, participate in God's work. And when we do that, that is just gives life. It is transformative. 
And so I know there's always a time for us in our lives where we need to receive healing. We need to receive the sacraments. Maybe we're receiving reconciliation. We're going to communion. We're receiving. And even in the Mass, right? In the Mass, uh, in the Latin, though even the word Mass means to sort of go out and do the mission. So we go to church to receive, right? And then we're meant to go out and act. We're meant to bring our gifts, bring what we have received, and do something that matters in the world. And how exciting is that? And how exciting is it that we are all unique and different? And what we bring is going to be uniquely our own. There might be categories, you know, like I work in mental health. You might work in some construction. I don't know. But those categories, but even that is going to be different given each individual's uniqueness. Okay. So to me, how exciting is that? How exciting is it that the self, the person we are, the core self, has this calling from God, has this uniqueness, and has this uh, innate uh, quality to be mediator, to transform the world. All right, that's what I've got this week. <laughs> so a little shorter, uh, but uh, I hope that message hits home and maybe makes a difference. Um, I'm going to just throw out, uh, of course, if you're new to this podcast, uh, please check out soulsandhearts.com. We have so many different things going on there. We have a, a online community for men called Catholic Journeyman. You can uh, check it out at catholicjourneyman.com. We have, um, we have a uh, resilient Catholic community. We have a um, therapist, a community for therapists who want to learn more about parts work. Um, we have, uh, uh, obviously, we've got blogs. Uh, Dr. Peter has a podcast as well, The Interior Therapist. Uh, we have so much to offer. We hope you'll join us and get our newsletter uh, by signing up on soulsandhearts.com. And uh, I wish you a blessed week and take good care and we'll see you next time. Until then, be still, 